Hey guys, welcome to the Beauty School Bobby podcast brought to you by Tennessee School of Beauty. Today we are here with Amanda McIntyre back in the office at Tennessee School of Beauty where I enrolled you. Right back here. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're so welcome. Okay, so you've listened to the podcast. I have. So you know the question I'm about to ask I'm you. I'm a podcast lover. <laughs> so what is the last show that you've binge watched? I was embarrassed to say this. No, um, I want embarrassing okay. ones. Well, I do. I am a binge watcher of shows, but in the holiday season, I've been a binge watcher of Hallmark Christmas Yay! movies and like Lifetime Christmas movies because you can do other things while you're watching them. Yeah. You don't really miss much of the plot. Like right. I'm aware that they are trash, <laughs> but I love them. <laughs> I seriously told my husband the other night, I was like, you and I need to set a night that we actually get to watch a Hallmark Christmas movie because mm-hmm. I haven't even watched one yet. You definitely and need to. set aside the time for yeah. it, but it doesn't feel like like Christmas until that happens right. and I'm like okay, and I like to like happening. craft during the holidays so I can work on things while I'm watching you're like them. the craftiest person and I'm jealous of it well <laughs> sometimes <laughs> okay so I want to talk to you about how you got started in the beauty industry because you didn't come in right out of high school so what were right. you doing when you came into Tennessee School of Beauty to tour where were you at in your life let's see when I came into tour and stuff I think I was 24 or 25 I had gone to UT I have like a business degree in hospitality management, I always thought I'd want to do like event planning or tourism, something like that in that industry. It took me a while to get a job out of college, and I ended up getting a job as um, a leasing agent for apartment complexes. Oh, yeah. And I worked my way up to being like a property manager, but I'd kind of been promoted as far as I could go, and I wasn't really happy. Like the only time people typically talk to their property manager is if they're mad about something, so it was just a lot of people being angry. And I was like, I hate this. And it was right around that time. So I was in my younger 20s. We live in the South. All of my friends were getting married. And so I was constantly a bridesmaid. I was on my way to 27 dresses for sure. And I kept doing people's hair for weddings. Like these lower budget weddings, the girls wouldn't hire anybody, but I would end up doing everybody. So I had all these like great aunts coming up to me being like, who did you guys get to do this hair and makeup? It looks great. And then they would say, like, oh, Amanda did it. And then people would be like, well, why don't you do that as your job? And eventually I was like, why don't I do this as my job, you know? So I thought that seems like something that I might be interested in and I might enjoy a lot more than what I do now. And so I started to look into it then. Did you look at other beauty schools before you I did, yeah. I did a ton of research because I was really scared because I had a full-time job, like, with benefits that was very stable and secure And to leave that was a very scary, like, leap of faith situation for me. And so I did a lot of research. I asked multiple salon owners that I had a connection to, like, what they recommended in the area, what kind of path I should take. And the feedback I got all pointed to TSB, especially if I was going to stay in the Knoxville area. Everybody was like, you need to go here. Like, so many salon owners went here. They do a great job. It's awesome that it's locally run. Like, they don't have to ask their huge corporate headquarters if they can do something extra. Like, you guys just get to do fundraising opportunities or whatever if you want to. So I was really excited, and I came here and toured, and I loved it. So it seemed like a win-win. Well, we're really happy that you chose us. So what was your beauty school experience like? Love it? Hate it? Love, hate? What was it like? I liked it, for sure. It was a bit of a, like, 
it felt like going back in time a little bit because for me, I had been in college, which was like maximum freedom, both with your free time and just like being able to do what you want to do. You're in class like three hours a day. And then I'd worked in a full-time job, which was still, it's like you clock in and out and you're there like eight to five, but you still have freedom. And then here it kind of felt like a lot of those freedoms were taken away, but I realized it's because a lot of girls are coming straight out of high school and they need that structure. They need like the rules about tardiness, all that, because they need to learn what it's like to have a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And when people would ask me what beauty school was like, I was like, you know, it's less like school and more like clocking in and out of it on on the job training Mm -hmm. situations because that's what I felt like. I felt like I was clocking in and out to like learn my craft and my trade and sometimes I was in class but sometimes I was doing people's hair like it would look when I got out so I really liked it but um it did feel a little bit different I was like oh this isn't what I expected but it wasn't bad yeah like I enjoyed my time here for sure that's a really good way to think about it or a really good way to explain it is that you are like if you think of this as you're starting a training program at a job it's a very long training program right 1500 hours it takes and I had zero so I like took the entire time I think it took me 11 months. And yeah. I did, I mean, I took a couple weeks off probably for like family trips or stuff, but yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and I think, like I said, I think that if it's all what you're thinking in the moment of like, you know, it's all what you, what you want to take away from it. Mm-hmm. So I think that you get what you put in. And exactly. I think that that's something that I really like because I'm a control freak. And so I really <laughs> like like that you can do that. And I think yeah. that that's a really good way. So if you are listening in NBD school, Think about it like that. Yeah, that's really. It's your training, and it's a training for how to like go to a job and be a good employee. Yeah, like you have to show up every day. You have to be on time. You have to look put together. Right. And so it's good that that TSB has those rules. Yeah. I think it's really important, especially for those girls who are like 17, 18, and they haven't had that yet in life. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we do it. And even though it's a struggle sometimes, it's, that <laughs> it is, is a struggle, it. but it's a struggle you need to learn adulting. Definitely. <laughs> so tell us what you're doing now in the industry. So you've graduated how long ago? I had to look that up this morning. I was like, when did I even graduate? I graduated two and a half years ago. Okay. Yeah. So... Wow. It feels like it's been, it feels like it's been longer. I feel like I've been doing hair forever. Yeah. I always tell people, like, I've been doing it for three years. And I'm like, oh, that's a lot of years. <laughs> um, but I currently work for a salon in Knoxville. It's in the Hamburg area called Hair Peace, like a peace sign. I always tell people that. And it's behind, um, yeah, it's like over there by Nama. And I work there Tuesday through Fridays and just take cut and color clients, just anything you would do in a salon. So behind the chair stuff. And then I also own my own business doing hair and makeup for weddings or special events or photo shoots, just anything on location because I don't work out of my house. So I like come to people or venues and that has been awesome. I do that mostly on Saturdays and Sundays about, let's see this last year, I think I did 37 weddings. Wow. So a lot of Saturdays. That's incredible for being out of school for two and a half years. And so you're really lucky because you have found a salon home that allows you to kind of do both. Because one of the things that when we have makeup artists that will take the makeup program and they go into into different salons, sometimes they won't let you freelance. You need to bring your clients into the salon. So the fact that you can go out and do both and still have your business but still have your business at the salon is really special. So how did you fall into that? How did you find that salon? (laughs) I mean, it was God like I do not know because everyone I talk to nobody else lets them do that maybe if they're super established in their salon and their salon's like well we don't want to lose you so we're going to let you do this but their first few years they end up being in the education programs which are totally great especially if you want more education and if you want that then I would suggest pursuing that but I really wanted freedom because I had a lot of potential clients and I had a lot of potential weddings already 
So when I graduated, I looked for something that was going to give me freedom and flexibility. And luckily, I actually found it through Katie Carnegie. She was the one who was like, you know, I think that like Ethan, who owns Hairpiece, would be okay with letting you do that. You should talk to him. And at first, I was like, there's no way anybody's going to let me do that. So I actually didn't get a job for like two months out of beauty school on purpose because I had six or seven weddings that summer already. Because I mean, I'm telling you, like all my friends are getting married at that age. And so I had a lot. That first summer, I had a ton of weddings of people I knew. And so I had all those lined up, and I was like, well, I can't get a job that's going to interfere with this because, for me, it wasn't worth it to do minimum wage assistantship for, you know, 40 hours a week if in six hours I could make more than that doing a wedding. Yeah. So I just kind of weighed that out and was like, you know, I need to wait and find something that fits. And I went and I talked to Ethan. I just showed up one day at the salon, like, nicely dressed. I was like, hi, I'd like to apply for a job. And he was like, well, let me talk to you. And he gave me the job that day. That's (laughs) awesome. Yeah. Well, I think, luckily, like I said, you have found a way to kind of do both. And so you've really taken off in your career. Um, We will see you locally on the news a lot. So how did you make those connections that you needed to make to put yourself out there? Because in two and a half years, I mean, your business has skyrocketed. So how did you make those connections? Yes, I feel super lucky that it's grown as fast as it has especially the hair and makeup side of weddings um that has been it's been way easier to grow that actually than the salon side but to for my news connections and stuff it's kind of funny the very first time I got asked to be on WVLT it's because they called me and somebody had dropped out like that was supposed to be on the news they had had somebody who was a makeup artist drop out like 24 hours before and they were like we know it's really last note last minute and it was like for New Year's Eve So it was a New Year's Eve news special about (laughs) New Year's Eve makeup. And they were like, can you be on the news tomorrow morning at 7? And I was like, sure, I'll do it. (laughs) Like, I I just said yes. And so sometimes that's all it takes. And they were impressed with me, and they've had me back about six times probably. So maybe every other month I get to do a segment on there. And then I've also been on WBIR now as well. And that was through another woman who – runs like the Knoxville mom's blog and she's one of my clients so she was like I want you to come on with me and we can talk about like easy to do hairstyles for moms on the go and I was like oh sure so that opened up that door and just saying yes to opportunities has been huge yeah so if I can make it work I'll make it work that's awesome so did you do you grow your salon business because of that or your do you get more wedding referrals from the news stuff? I probably stuff, get or? more wedding referrals from the news stuff, but I do I do say that I can do both. Yeah. So I'm always like, I work Promoting in the salon both. and I work, you know, doing weddings. That's really so. smart and that's great to have that connection. And I think we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but just the way that you do your social media and how much that has changed the game, I think, for the salon industry is it's going to be really interesting to see where this goes because it's yeah. taking people um, – making them very successful really quickly. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. One of the yeah. things that um, I wanted to ask you about too, because I remember you coming in after you graduated um, and talking to me a little bit about this, but setting your prices. So that's something we haven't talked about yet on the podcast. Oh, so okay. I think that this would be great for you to answer yeah. because you it hasn't been that long since you've done it. Right. Um, how do you, A, set your prices and how do you handle pushback maybe or people that message you about weddings and want you to do it for free or want you to do it for like absolutely nothing you're like no I you know this is what I charge if you want to use me great if not sorry yeah great question to answer the salon side of it really quickly first at my salon I work at we don't have like a level system or anything so it's a conversation with the owner about when and how to change your prices and what you should change them to so that's easy 
But then with my wedding business, it's all me. So I am making that decision. So when I first graduated, I really, I probably set the bar kind of low, but I was like, okay, I'm brand new. Like if I were hiring me and I have done two weddings, I don't expect to have to page someone who's done 50,000 weddings, like the same amount. So I set them probably a little bit conservatively that year. And like I said, a lot of people were people I knew well. So I also felt very uncomfortable when it's like a friend to be like, this is my price and that's what it is. And so that first year was a little, you know, but then it gave me that experience. So it gave me the experience. It gave me those photos I can use. I felt really confident that whole, I've never ran behind at a wedding ever. And I've been doing this for three wedding seasons. So I feel like I provide a good product and I'm timely and I can be reliable. And so now I have confidence in what I do. And so Mm -hmm. I have confidence in setting those prices. So I do research what other people around the area and some of my like biggest competitors, if you will, which not salons, but people who specifically do weddings, I'll research what they charge and make sure I'm somewhere in that range, Mm -hmm. that I'm not way over or way under. It's important to not be either one of those. But I feel confident in what my prices are. They allow me to pay for my products. They allow me to pay my taxes, pay the girls who may assist me, and still take home cash at the end of the day. And that's what's important to me. And I try and be as professional on the front end as possible. Like I have – I actually pay for a service that is – I don't know how to describe it. It, It's called Dubsado, but it's like a computer programming system where I have like electronic contracts. They can pay through it. I can send out like automatically generated emails. So it makes that work a lot easier because I didn't realize how time consuming that part of the business was going to be. So it really cuts down a lot of that time. But I send them like a welcome packet that has all of my pricing listed. It looks super professional, you know, for anyone to receive that. And then that's the easiest thing is I send that to anyone, even if they're a really good friend. I'm like, this is the welcome packet I send all brides. And then I'll say like, but because you're a close friend of mine, like I'm going to give you 20% off. And usually what I find is that that close friend just values me and values my work enough to actually pay me my full price. Oh, wow. Every time. That's like they awesome. always will like tip to be back at the full price because they're wow. like, I don't want a discount. I want to support you and your business. That is wonderful. So I think that that's easy is to, to show people like this is what I charge everyone. And then you can offer a discount to friends and family for sure. But a lot of times if they're a close friend and they want to support you, they'll pay the full amount. Yeah. Do you ever get messages on Instagram or however people contact you, emails, whatever, that they say, whoa, this isn't what I was expecting? And then how do you handle that professionally? I do sometimes, but I'll say, and I think I've just been very lucky that the last couple years, I don't know why I grew so fast, but I've been able to say no to weddings or be like, I'm sorry that that doesn't fit your price point. Like, that is what the price is. I will change. I will waver a little bit more if it is not a Saturday or Sunday. Like, if the wedding was a weekday. That's a little bit different because how often do you get a weekday wedding? You know, it's not a super common thing. Or I'll vary if it's, like, a time of year where I'm normally dead. January, February, March. Yeah. Then I might be like, okay, like, let's talk about it. What price point would you be comfortable at? But for the most part, if it is a Saturday in June, somebody, I'm getting six inquiries in one day. Yeah. So if somebody can't meet those prices, then I just send them, like, it's honestly an automatic email that has referrals to other people. And they're people I went to beauty school with in the industry. I'm like, hey, you can check these girls out. I love their work, but don't just take my word for it. Look at it yourself. See if they fit your style and then inquire with them. 
That's incredible. So, yeah. I really love that. And I think that, like, it is it is a tough conversation. Um, it's awkward. But at the same time, you have to know your value. Like, that is something that it's really hard to do. It's hard to be like, yeah, I deserve this. But I think that you have to do it. And once you get to that place, and like you said, like, right off the gate, okay, yeah. it's fine. Like, figure out where you need to be. But yeah. it is important to make sure that you're charging, you know, what you your value and then you know if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out yeah. and it feels really sweet to be in a spot now where I've grown so much that I don't feel like I have to say yes to every single thing I can uh, like in the beginning it was like yes 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 and you're like working yourself to the ground yeah but now I feel like I'm at a place where I can be like no that's not worth it to come two hours away to do one bride and you're not even meeting the minimum like yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say no yeah. like unless you want to pay the minimum but that's more than your services and yeah. then usually they're like okay never mind <laughs> I'm like all right bye <laughs> oh, good okay so one of the things that um is different about you or one of the things that I mean just from meeting you like right off the bat that I loved about you is that you um do a lot of mission work um I think that when we had met you had either just gone on one or you'd been on one recently maybe um when you had started um school or at least it's something that we had talked about when you come in when you would come in so I want to talk about where you've been what you've done while you're there and how the beauty industry has kind of led you to help others yeah that's a great question I am always been very involved in my local church and I go to a big church here in Knoxville actually the last year and a half I worked for my church I just finished doing that in um May and so I kind of grew that alongside of my hair business. But my church I go to has a local partnership. Well, a global partnership. It's not local. In Tijuana, Mexico. So I've actually been to Tijuana four or five times. Wow. And um, it is an area that a lot of people just hear and think, like, I always thought of that episode of The O.C. where she goes to <laughs> Tijuana and, like, gets drugged. And so that's my <laughs> that was my full context of what Tijuana was. Um, but it is such an interesting place because it you could, like, throw a rock and hit San Diego, but you're in Mexico in, like, this poverty area, and you just see what people have. And... One problem that they have a lot of trouble with there is like the red light district and the sex trafficking and prostitution. And women aren't really choosing to do that. It's just the way that they can actually make money for their families and they get stuck in that cycle. And one thing that the beauty industry does in Mexico, but also in other areas around the world, especially like places like Thailand, they offer women a way out of that. Women and men, honestly. And so I think that that is just so awesome to be able to have a trade to teach them that they will be able to make money to not have to do that anymore because nobody wants that. And then also, though, when I go there, I work with a few orphanages, and I just love when I get to, like, cut the little girl's hair and do their nails, and just they feel beautiful, and I just continually remind them, like, how beautiful they are when I'm giving that service to them, and I just think it's the sweetest thing. And so I love doing that and being able to give back in that way. And, yes, it takes time away from the salon. Like, I'm going for a week and a half in January. And I've had to, like, warn all my clients, like, I'm going to be gone this whole section of time. And some people are like, 10 days? And I'm like, yeah, it's worth it to me to be able to give back and do that and make time for these other passions I have in life. And it's cool that they intersect. Like, the the beauty industry really intersects with this as well. Yeah, and you are, again, a lot of people that get into this industry want to help others and want to make people feel good. I would say Mm -hmm. that out of everything that is discussed in this office, the one thing that I hear 
consistently is, and it's consistently from our stylists that end up being very successful, is that they want to help other people. They want to make people feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually met with a nurse the other day, um, and she said, you know, my job when I'm interacting with people, it's not always a positive. They're not always happy. um, But I know that if I do this, when they have a, you know, their interaction with me or when they're leaving, they're going to be, they're going to feel better than they did when they came in. And that's so important. So I think that you taking that, I mean, just not only outside of Knoxville, but outside of the country and being able to actually help others um, just from doing what you are good at and what you love anyways, that is just, it's so important. And I think that um, there are a lot of organizations even locally that do this, but I think that mm-hmm. doing it outside is really special and um, just having that experience with those girls and giving yeah. them that. I just think it's so rewarding. Like it's the most important haircuts I ever do or yeah. when I go there. And then also even just locally in Knoxville, the care cuts ministry yeah. that does the haircuts for just anybody. It's specifically geared towards the homeless population in Knoxville, but anyone who is in need that can't afford it, they want them to feel good about themselves, good enough that they could walk in and apply for a job somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like that's the goal is to be able to stop that cycle. And one of the things that trips people up is when they do not feel good about how they look and who they are. And just to show them their value through something as small as like making sure their hair looks good, you know, and just changing the way they see themselves is so important. Yeah. And do you see that immediately? Like right after you do their hair, I mean, right after you do, I mean, is that, that's probably not something that they get to experience a lot. Yeah. I think you do see it immediately. You see their face light up, you see their eyes brighten, you just, they're, they're smiling more. They feel better about who they are than when they walked in the door. Yeah, and we're just so spoiled here, most of us, with, you know, where we are, that that's something that we definitely take for granted, is, like, going to get our hair cut and going to get me. I mean, we're in this world all the time, so we definitely yeah. take that for granted. So I love that you're doing that, and we, I just, I think that it's good to know that this industry has those opportunities, that it's not just this fake you know, we're only behind the chair and we're just busting out, you know, we're making, Mm -hmm. trying to make as much money as we can. Like there is a lot of opportunity to give back as well. So, and I even translate that to like where I work in my local salon. I know that there's a value in like double booking clients and getting more people in and out the door. Like I would make more money at the end of the day, but I also don't think I'm able to focus on the individual client and what they're going through as much. Like I love to be able to talk to my clients during their service if they want to talk, like if they're feeling quiet, then I won't bother them. But I just like to be available for that because the amount of things that people tell you, like the the ministry that it can be in the salon is huge too. Like the women who've told me about their miscarriages or about what's going on with their kid who has, you know, just something going on at school and how they don't know how to deal with it. And the way I'm able to speak into those areas of people's lives is awesome as well. And that happens in Knoxville. Yeah. And we make the joke that like you're kind of a therapist when you go behind the chair, but you really are. (laughs) You really are. But that's such an important connection that needs to be made because not everybody has, I was at a conference recently and one of the girls brought up like you might not, you never know if you're like the only person that they're going to see or the only person that they're going to talk to. Like it's really, um, it's really good to have that connection still and to keep yourself in check a little bit that yes, making money is great and you want to like get people in and out, but it's not a machine. You still need to be present. You still need to be able to give that focus. So that's great. I'm sure you're so good at that. Like, I feel like that's something that you really excel in. (laughs) I try. And it's super important to me. And that's what it is, is I go into work every day and I'm like, okay, like I, I need to be present Mm -hmm. for the client and not just to make money. Like for me, it's not all about the money. Like, that's great, and I love that now I'm at a place where I fully support myself only doing hair. Like, I don't, for the first time since graduating beauty school two and a half years ago, 
as of May, I have not had another job that I've needed to rely on. So it's great to be in that place, but I'm also, I don't want to take it for granted. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What is a challenge that you see new stylists facing in the industry? Is there a challenge that you see coming? Oh, see coming. First, I, the first thing I thought of was the challenge I see new stylists like out of beauty school facing yeah. is just wanting to stick with it. Like I get sad when I see people give up after a few months. And that's what I wish I could tell people who are about to graduate is like, don't give up, like persevere Keep your part-time job. I know that you want to be able to be, like, done serving tables. I did, too. But I served tables for eight months, and then I worked for my church part-time for a year and a half. And now, like, as of the last few months, I'm just now not relying on another job because it takes a while to build that clientele. So I think that that is what I would tell people is, like, stick with it. But another challenge I see coming for, like, the beauty industry as a whole is it's a challenge. It's a blessing and a curse is, like, social media. Everybody can kind of feel like an expert. And so to really set yourself apart. And one thing I think I found and the confidence I have is like to know my lane. Like for makeup, I am not the most glam makeup artist. Like there are so many people that do so much better for this like dramatic glam makeup than I do. And I know that about myself. But I'm really good at taking a girl who has never put makeup on her face and feel good about just this little amount that's going to pop in a photo for her wedding. I have so many brides who are like, I never wear makeup, so like keep it really natural. And I'm like, okay. And that is one thing that I think I do super well. Yeah. And, and it is keeping it so natural. And a lot of other makeup artists would be really tempted to be heavy-handed with those same girls because they have beautiful faces and they just want to like make it something that's going to pop. But those girls want to look like themselves. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So I think that just knowing what you can offer to the industry and selling that product to your ideal client is super important. Yeah. Well, good. Thank you for that advice. I You're think welcome. that this is, like I said, this is mostly directed towards, you know, beautiful students or people that are thinking about going in the industry. So I want to kind of like be a step ahead and be like, what do we need to be looking out for? Yeah. You know? Okay. So I want to play Would You Rather real quick. Um, so I've got a couple questions for you. Um, would you rather wake up on the day of a wedding that you have booked and lose all of your makeup or all of your hair supplies? Which one can you like fix quickly which one can you like put together that sounds like my worst nightmare <laughs> besides oversleeping um and just missing it altogether that is my worst nightmare but I think that I would rather have lost all the hair supplies like I think I could like make the hair with minimal tools into something but like I have bags of makeup <laughs> it takes up so much more room when I'm like traveling with all that to yeah. carry the makeup stuff than the hair and so I definitely think I'd say makeup Okay. Or, I mean, I'd say hair. Hopefully hair. it never happens. Oh, But please. it's good to know yeah. that you could, like, think quick on your feet with yes. it. Yes. Would you rather go through an entire day with lipstick on your teeth or a messed up false eyelash? Ugh. I think I would rather have the lipstick on my teeth because the false eyelash would just bother my eye all Yeah. It'd be like, my vision. Too. Yeah. <laughs> no. No thanks to that. All right. Would you rather give up for the rest of your life, not be able to use on a client lipstick or mascara? Like, can I use other lip products? <laughs> or are we talking, like, all lips? All like, lip stuff. Can't oh. do lips on a bride ever again or can't do eyelashes. Or, oh, sorry, mascara. No. I don't. That is hard. That is a hard one. I think, though, that lips are important. Like, if they were just completely gone. I mean, eyelashes yeah. are important, too. But I think if you, like, had eyeliner that can kind of compensate, 
So I'm going to have to say lips. I agree. Like, I need to have lips. Yeah, definitely. Okay, and what is one piece of advice that you would give to somebody that's wanting to go to beauty school or that is in beauty school currently? Oh, my goodness. Just do it. (laughs) I am so thankful that I took that step of faith, like, three years ago and decided to come to school and give up a full-time job, and I do not regret it for a second. I love my job. I wake up every day, and I'm excited to go to work, and I know that so many people cannot say that about what they do. So I'm super, super thankful that I followed this, but I did think about it a lot before I did it. It wasn't on a whim, and so if you've been thinking about it a lot and you're just sitting on it, I say, go for it. What's the worst that can happen? Good. Well, where can we follow you at? Where can we um, find you? I have a website where I have a lot of examples of my like wedding hair and makeup, and that is www.amandamcintyrehair.com. I've got a Facebook account, Amanda McIntyre Hair and Makeup, and on Instagram, I am at am.hairandmakeup. Awesome. Well, we'll follow you and we'll put you in our story and all that stuff so that everyone can follow you too. But thank you so much for being with us today. Um, Thank you to our sponsor, Tennessee School of Beauty. You can visit them at tennesseeschoolofbeauty.com. Follow them at TN School of Beauty on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget to follow me at Beauty School Bobby and listen or visit our website where you can listen to all of the podcasts. It's www.beautyschoolbobby.com. Make sure you're rating us, share us, keep putting us in your Instagram stories. Um, It's really fun to see where you all are listening. So until until next time, guys. Thanks. Bye.